we're trying to make true sense of mental health during lockdown, the Liverpool story. In this podcast, true is the keyword. Everybody has mental health. But what impact has this pandemic had on yours? Are you naffed off with the news coverage, padded by PPE? Do you just want to hide away and mask over it? Pun intended, by the way. To discuss this, we have Waffa, Eddie, Phil, Dave and Michelle. Welcome all. We are five people from the city of Liverpool who have experienced mental health problems and have joined up to do a podcast course about that very subject. None of us ever met before, which is really strange. Well, it's a lovely cup of tea that day. Thanks very much. And we've put together this podcast. We are Eddie, Phil, Dave, Waffa and Michelle. Come to you first, Eddie. Hello, I'm, my name's Eddie. I'm registered blind and I'm on this course for podcasting. To, um, to take gallery in Liverpool. I was a member of the community group uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I've always been uh, involved in mental health, my own experience and that. Just want to be good to this, share my own experience. Dave. Hi, my name's Dave, yeah. I suffer with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. I went through um, Talk Liverpool and the Life Rooms where um, I'm a volunteer and a co-facilitator for the Life Rooms in uh, Walton there. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle. Um, yeah, no, I'm delighted to be part of the course. And the reason I've, I've taken it is to basically get myself out of my comfort zone. Um, we're in a unique place right now. And it's taken me a long time to ever tell anyone or admit it. But I was actually first diagnosed in 2004 with anxiety and depression. And I'm also admitting that I've, I've still got it <laughs> after all these years. And taking the leap and doing something new with people I've never met before and with similar circumstances um, is a big leap of faith, but it's helping me massively. And I'm hoping that our shared experiences today will um, help others as well. Thanks, Michelle. It is. It's, it's scary enough meeting people for the first time in a room together where you can read each other's body language and, and, and get a sense of each other. But this has been absolutely terrifying for me <laughs> on Zoom with people you've only just met it's it's a difficult but i think we've come together quite well i got onto this podcast course through the comedy trust i started doing stand-up five years ago the comedy trust came to the service center i use pss and so we've got a stand-up course for men with mental health problems it'll be great for your anxiety and they weren't kidding my anxiety went through the roof the couple of days leading up to the gig but so this course is, is great for talking about our mental health our experiences lockdown and my major crutch is using humour to to get through it and I hope that comes across today. I think we've integrated so well we all bounce off each other we all bring the best out in each other and for people who are living on their own who perhaps feel they can never integrate or interact with people like this it's a massive boost to say look what we've done in what six weeks? Waffa? Hi my name's Waffa I'm a volunteer and I do a lot of work in Merseycare. I'm also a service user. I was diagnosed with um, borderline personality disorder in 1996 and anxiety. When I was introduced to this project, I was really happy about it and very eager to be involved because, as Michelle said, it, it's also out of my comfort zone. So it's all new to me, interacting with people. And we've never met, but it's amazing how we've got on so well so quickly and how we've worked together and... It's brought a new light into my isolated life, if you like. Fantastic. Fantastic. Lovely to hear that. 
Today we're discussing making true sense of mental health during lockdown, a Liverpool story. Eddie, lockdown, mental health, what, what are your experiences? Well, the start of lockdown, I can't remember actually starting the date. My memory of a starting is the, the way the silence began. Everything went really quiet. There was no rumble of traffic anymore. Everyone stopped work more or less, didn't they? The silence was like thick. I enjoyed it at first. It was just silence and it was summer, it was warm, it was quiet. The bird seemed to be closer to us because of the silence. But then after a couple of weeks, the anxiety started to grow. I could feel like, you know, just people's just anxiety was growing. And I, could, I couldn't put my finger on why, because it seemed like everything was peaceful. It was, it was nice at first. Over time, the anxiety just got worse and worse. I mean, my partner suffers from anxiety and panic attacks anyway. Whatever she feels, I can pick up. I, I can feel it, you know. I wasn't too bad. I've got little things that I do to keep myself balanced. But she started losing and people. She works in retail and I'm a bit excluded from it, you know. So uh, she started really, really feeling it. And it was hard. I was watching the drowning, actually. I was holding her in my arms, and I felt like she was drowning in my arms, but I couldn't do nothing. It was like, it was just, it was just in the air, isn't it? You know, we are mostly connected to everyone, aren't we? So if, when there's fear in the air, we all feel it. As human beings, we are social animals, aren't we? Contact is paramount. But I think you think you're right. Uh, when you went out, every day was like a Sunday, wasn't it? No, tra- no traffic on the roads. Yeah. You know, it was just uh, quite surreal. Wafa, what are your thoughts? What, what's your experiences of lockdown with mental health issues? Well, for me, it was a bit different because... Because I'm socially anxious anyway, I didn't used to mix with people anyway before COVID. You know, I only used to go out like once or twice a week. So I'd spend all my time at home anyway, just sitting in my room, you know. But then obviously when COVID came in, it was like more mentally isolated, not physically, because I'm used to that. Got more anxious, more isolated. It's just more, more of a mental isolation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said to me the other week, um, you know, if you've got mental health problems, do you think you're better equipped to, to deal with the lockdown? And I'm not so sure on that because as well as isolation and um, loneliness, you've also got to add fearful into the mix. You know, when this first broke, it was people are going to die here. Michelle, what are your thoughts? Well, for me, my mind started in um, late February, to be honest, in the build-up. I was, we were at an airport and we saw all the flights to the cities in Italy and China being, we saw this list of cancelled, 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 and we were just like, that can't last. Then it more locally, yeah, you know, the news was heightened, the so- supermarkets were, there was a tension in the air. There was then the, the Liverpool-Madrid match, which then sort of caused outrage on the Roger Phillips phone, and I remember that distinctly. And I remember not knowing which side to be on, because we just didn't know I wanted to resist the idea that this virus was going to just literally put a stop to real life and then it came to the point where I was starting to happen to tell older members of the family to stay home going against every instinct that I wanted them to just go out and carry on enjoying their life but you know we were having arguments and debates about what we should be doing so you know that was hard and I think it was I think it was when it stopped it actually I think I think when lockdown came it actually for me it got a bit easier because I realized that what I needed to do was just stop and just pause and reflect and take it as an opportunity and not let it try not to let it overwhelm me you know I've had mental health problems for such a long time I'd never really stopped to address them you know dip my toe into counseling and antidepressants and stuff but I'd never really focused on myself and, and done anything about it and I knew that it was a now or never that's what I've been trying to do mm. I think that's true to a large degree. I think it's sometimes it's a wake-up call because what you, you tend to do is just charge at life, don't you? You carry on regardless. And then when, when this happens, you sit back and think, well, actually, I'm not as okay as I should be because you ask someone, how you're feeling? They say, oh, you know, my back's giving me a bit of jip or I've got a bit of a sore throat. But no one ever says, I'm feeling really down and dark. 
I've thought about perhaps self-harming or I'll give up on life. You're frightened to say it because you're comparing yourself to other people. Do you know what I mean? You think, oh, people have got greater problems than me. And, you know, I from the outside, I look like I'm doing great in life. And I was. I was working no. hard and doing all right. But the reality was sometimes I felt like I was drowning. And I was sort of chasing the highs to resist the lows. And to me, lockdown came. And I just remember looking at the telly going, oh, my God, I've actually now got permission to stop. When it first broke, like um, Eddie was alluding to before, the, the rush on the shops, people bulk buying toilet roll and beans, and there was none left. And you're thinking, hang on, this is a flu virus. Unless the, the sale of all the beans encouraged the sale of the, the toilet rolls. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a, a difficult thing to get your head around. Dave? Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, initially, you know, on the uh, 20th of March, it was, wasn't it, really, when the uh, Prime Minister sort of said we're going into a full lockdown and then we sort of got a whole whole different scenario of sort of words that came into the vocabulary of uh, asymptomatic PPE, you know, lockdown rules, COVID restrictions and, and that type of thing. We've got a, a, a daughter in, in London. She, she came up. The weather broke. You know, that was a, a little bit of a novelty to, to have the daughter back initially. But uh, as you mentioned, you know, the, uh, the bog rolling beans at the supermarket and, and just seeing people, you know, a few people with masks on, masks weren't mandatory at the beginning. It, it just, it was like layer cakes, really, for, for, for anxiety. Now, I, stu- I suffer with post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety and depression. So it was just layer on layer, only small things, but they, but they were all gradually building up, you know, and then when... Um, Boris came out and said, you know, some of you are going to die. You know, it's a massive, massive statement for, for the Prime Minister to say to his uh, fellow countrymen, really. It was almost felt like a call to arms, but, you know, who are we going to war against? COVID, of course. You know, it, it's a massive statement, and that statement will probably get talked about next century. You know, it'll be a strap line for, for many, many years to come. Having said that, the weather was okay, so there was, you know, people were getting out, walking, and you know, we were getting out for our hour, hour a day. It wasn't too bad, but gradually, as the time went on, and we didn't realise how long it was going to be, um, I think it, it wore people down. But you know, once you started getting three, four weeks in, that's when really, you know, depression started. Uh, you started seeing things on the news feeds about, you know couples and, and 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 that you know falling out and refuges being inundated and, and and it all builds up really and you know brings the anxiety higher and higher you know there's there's things out there that uh, you know I, luckily before uh, I was given some techniques and and, and tools really to, to to help me you know with the PTSD so I, I used you know a format of, of those really I think from the start of this pandemic, everyone was behind the efforts being made. But I think maybe after that, we started to lose the thread and become complacent and we're all fed up with it. And I was fed up. The word unprecedented was used in an unprecedented way, exponentially. So all these things start to grate and you think, oh, this is a load of nonsense. But in actual fact, it's really quite serious. You know, the last pan- pandemic we had was 1919, the, the Spanish flu, which actually started at a pig farm in America. But that killed 50 million people, and most of them were under 50. And yet you just worry whether this pandemic may mutate, because the last thing a virus wants is a dead host. Any thoughts on the um, imminent vaccines? Well, I think um, in one way, I'm 
you know, I'm very eager for the vaccine to be rolled out because I'm clinically vulnerable. But in another way, because this whole thing has made me more paranoid, worried, anxious, I'm scared of the if the virus kills me, but I'm also scared if the vaccine kills me. You don't know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, I think I think the vaccine. Well, one of the new newer vaccines they've got is ninety five percent effective. What what they're doing now is they're trialing um, possible side effects. But I don't think a vaccine will actually do any major harm. But I, I do agree, it is quite scary, isn't it? To think, I mean, the, the other week I woke up in a hot sweat and I thought I've got coronavirus, and I just left the heating on by mistake. So these little things play on your mind. You've got a bit of a sore throat or I've got a bit of a cough. Is that is that a dry cough? Is that a normal cough? Is a you know, it's it it is it is quite worrying. Especially when you're on your own. You did you do tend to ruminate and, and probably analyze and think things too deeply. What 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 do you think, Michelle? You know, I, I'm lucky because I have got my family around me, but you know, so it's a, it's a different ball game. But m- my guilt and, and and issues with a lot of this is, yeah, obviously coronavirus is there, and yes, we obviously have to deal with it. But sometimes I do feel I'm more concerned. I become more concerned with society itself, and you know the other detrimental impact that it's having on on everybody. You know, our kids, people's livelihoods, jobs, the economy. You know, and and that's my concern for the future. um, You know, people will have a choice whether to take this vaccine. And the more knowledge that people get, the more, you know, people can make an informed decision. But, you know, we need a society and and an economy and and, and some hope to come out to. Um, And I know people's mental health issues are increasing. I know people with, um, without getting political, you know, there's, there's delays in dentistry you know, cancer, heart, you know, other problems. And and for me, that needs to be a priority just as much as the treatment of the coronavirus. I think there needs to be much more of a balance. I think it's so many, too many things are being abandoned for me. And and the issues, other issues are growing. And I think that's what we're going to end up facing because a vaccine will come and hopefully that might, that's not going to 100% solve it. I don't know. But there are other huge problems going on that, for me, need to be tackled. As this virus brought people uh, closer together, you know, the, 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 the blitz spirit is often mooted. Eddie, what do you think? I'll say about what Michelle said there. There's a, there's a definition about loneliness. Loneliness isn't the absence of other people. It's the absence of meaningful connection to other people. So you can be lonely in a city or, you know, when I'm watching, I can be sitting in the house reading the book or I've made phones there listening to something and my partner will be watching a film, right? And I'll sit there and I'll start welling up, you know, putting tears to my eyes and it's, you know, when you, you're well up and you're ready to cry. And I'm reading a mm. book about astronomy or something. So I'll look across the path and go up to my partner and say, are you having a little weep there? And she'll do a little nod because she's watching a film that's made, made her cry, you know. But I yeah. feel like crying if I'm not watching a film because we're emotionally connected as, as people, aren't we? We are. Right, and that, that makes us human beings. But to the downside to this, when there's fear in the air, like in society, and fear is getting pumped into society, I, I can do all I can to like here. I can do my meditation, go for exercise, do all the benefits. I do a bit of Reiki. I can calm myself down. But I can't stop the fear. It's surrounding me. And it gets it gets to you. you pick up, we, we pick it up because we're human. It's part of our nature to be connected, you know. So it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It makes us human to be connected, you know. And all, and all the benefits and it fills our lives with all that. But if there's fear getting pumped in society, which it is at the moment, we can't avoid it. And it's difficult. It's like a, I feel like I'm bailing out a boat. I'm keeping up. I'm just keeping a level. But 
if there's no hope in sight, it's tiring, isn't it? You're painting, you're like bailing yourself out, bailing your emotion, balancing, you know, trying to feel right. It is. That, that, that's that's very true. Uh, I cry a lot because I'm an Everton fan. And um, yeah. But I think this loneliness thing is, is, is something you've got to try and deal with on a, on, a, on a daily basis yourself. I think Brian Ferry said, you know, loneliness is a crowded room, which is really true. Because like you said, we need to be emotionally connected to people. What's your advice to people for dealing with this and, and trying to improve your mental health on a daily basis? Michelle, first, please. Um, for me, it was alien to me, but what I've decided to do, and this sounds awful, is, yeah, be aware of everything, but become a bit, little bit more selfish because I think we need to look after ourselves first. Um, our instinct, certainly as Scousers, is to look after others, and I'm not saying we can't do that and we can't reach out. We definitely should still be doing that, but very much place alongside, if not prioritise ourselves. And I mean, like, self-care, you know, um, pulling back from anything that makes you unhappy, limiting limiting maybe your intake of news and, and social media, but at the same time trying to stay connected um, to positive people and, and, and keeping in touch with family and friends. But, you know, to look after each other is really important, um, but I still think that putting yourself first is absolutely crucial. You know, we can do so much. We can get out into the, the green spaces. I know lot, not not men, not everybody is blessed with a garden, um, but we've got such gorgeous parks and beaches in Liverpool. And on the positive side, you can go for a walk with someone else from another house. And sometimes if you commit to that with somebody else, it will make you do it. Um, you know, listening to music, that's my thing. I know I've, I've, I think I've worried and annoyed the neighbours on numerous occasions with my sing-alongs to Abba and Queen and whoever. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I just needed them moments to just like... Yours is the house with the for sale sign on either side, isn't it? <laughs> on, yeah. Can, can I just come to Waffa? When you wake up in the morning, Waffa, feeling rubbish, what's your advice? How do you how do you get over that on a daily basis? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I get over it, but kind of almost manage it. I mean, my day is, for example, I'm involved in a lot of Mersey Care work. So obviously that's all online now. So that keeps me busy, keeps me focused. Without that, you know, I'd, I'd just be ruminating, anxious, just sitting in my room doing nothing. Although I do a lot of writing. I go on social media, just sharing my thoughts and listening to music. But a lot of hobbies have kind of disappeared because I suffer from depression. So sometimes I'm not in the mood no motivation, etc. But I think what helps me is being involved in certain work, for example, Mersey being involved in this project, you know what I mean? I think it's about making progress and not about being perfect as well. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you're seeing all these people doing the yoga and the cooking and everything else, and that that's absolutely brilliant. But, you know, some days if you just get out of bed and get yourself dressed, then congratulate yourself, you know? Every year... Um, progress you make is, a, is an achievement getting out of bed is an achievement for me sometimes yeah, yeah. it's just small steps isn't it well, you know one small step at a time really what, what's your advice Dave what what do you do to to keep yourself chipper as possible yeah well I mean you know it's keeping sort of uh, exercise the mind and, and the body you know while we're in lockdown I mean there is a glimmer of hope at the you know at the end of the tunnel isn't there now with the uh, you know the vaccine coming along but Try and exercise the mind and the body. So, you know, do get out and have that walk. Get a bit of fresh air in, in your lungs, you know, if you can. Yeah, and look out for people around you as well. Of course, you know, what Michelle said, yeah, you've got to look after number one because you're helping 
you know people around you and your family but look out look out for some you know low mood with within within your family or even even your friends and and maybe sit back and, and scroll through your telephone and and, and and reach out and speak or, or text a friend that you haven't spoken to for you know for quite some time there is a lot more camaraderie I mean we've knocked on the neighbor who we knows on their own and we've dropped some scones in for them and, and that type of thing and we've kept an eye out and on our walk we, we say hello to people where we didn't say hello to people all the time you know in the past it, it has brought some communities together you know I feel if you are feeling low you know take the next step do talk to somebody that's one of the hardest things to do is either pick up the phone or or, or speak to somebody and speaking to somebody doesn't necessarily have to be a family member Speaking to somebody can be somebody who you can confide in or even a complete stranger. When I say a complete stranger, I don't mean somebody on, you know, on the street. I mean, you know, somebody down a, a telephone line or, or somebody that you can talk to on, online. It's sometimes easier to do it that way and express, express your feelings. Okay, we found out today that um, Dave is in the habit of calling strangers. <laughs> I think people have got a lot more friendly, haven't they, during this? I write a lot. Yeah, I think uh, writing therapy is really good. Anything, really. My thoughts, poetry, right? You know, I, tr- I try and see the funny side of everything. Normally avoid cliches like the plague. Writing stuff is, uh, is really good, which isn't a cliche, so I don't know why I said that. Another of my tools to, to combat mental health is... is uh, humour, trying to see the funny side of everything, which sometimes doesn't work out so well. And sometimes, some days you don't feel like laughing. I sent my son a text the other day and said, I've just been for my COVID test. And the nurse said, I'm a symptomatic. <laughs> she also said I was hydromatic, automatic. Why, why I think I'm grease lightning. Eddie, what are your thoughts? With, do, you, do, you, do you feel people are more friendly toward each other? Bearing in mind that this vaccine, although it's on the horizon, we could be another... 18 months before everyone's... We've got 70 million people to treat, two vaccines each. Lots of people won't go for whatever reason. What's your daily strategy? Yeah, I think um, I think people have got more friendly. We passed a fella. You see people in the street before this happened. But now I've seen a fella the other day. He was come back from the shops. He was on the way from the shops. We're in the second lockdown. And he went out of his way today to say hello. And you know when you get a sense of someone... I knew he hadn't spoke to anyone at all that day, and we were the first people he spoke to. And you can just feel it off people. People like they just thirst for contact, don't you? Now, Dan, the same fella, but you could tell it. You could tell he was thirsting for their contact. You know, we've had tools like you know meditation and exercise. We were doing a lot of that you know, early on, but it wasn't cutting the mustard. There was something like yeah. the anxiety was still there. People say you know have a conversation with yourself. Sometimes metaphorically slap yourself around the face to say not get a grip or man up or anything like that, but just to try and prioritise what you can control, what you can't control. But I do agree, people do go up the way now to to interact with you. There's a fella lives about five doors away. I've seen him for two years, mainly gives a nod or that, but he's gone out of his way to interact with me. He actually drove on the pavement the other day to try and get me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have conversations with myself all the time. <laughs> um, I think what people, <laughs> I think, and um, bringing humour into it, as Phil said, yeah, I think that's very important. I laugh at myself all the time, you know, the way my mind works. Sometimes you just got to laugh. But yeah. I think the important thing is within these times, people are trying to come together online. It's important to help people understand it's okay not to be okay. You know, it, it's, 
it, it's okay to, to feel how you feel and, and it's okay to talk about it. And within these times, I think people are starting to talk about their emotions more, their anxieties, etc. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, you, you know, you don't have to keep a stiff upper lip, do you? You know, you, you don't have to man up. You know, I think you're more of a person if you can sort, sort of talk about your feelings. You know, it's not a weakness. Uh, you know, it's a strength, really, talking about how you feel. It's okay, you know, not to be okay. You know, you aren't alone. So, you know, talk, you know, the lids come off this, you know, man up and all that type of thing now in society. You know, it's, it's helping each other, especially especially in 2020. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's summed everything up perfectly. It's okay not to be okay. Talk to your fellow human beings. Interact with, you, with each other and strangers in Dave's case. And here's another cliche that I normally avoid, like the plague. We will get through this together. Thank you all for participating. This has been a revelation. Hopefully, you'll hear more from us in the future with other podcasts. Definitely. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Phil. Stress and anxiety is overthinking situations, caring too much. The root of people with anxiety is caring. You don't have to keep a stiff upper lip. You don't have to man up. You're more of a person if you can talk about your feelings. It's not a weakness. It's a strength. There's no stigma in mental health. It's okay not to be okay. You're not alone.